0: Friday here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We've got Brian Batko. The Combine is next week, but the Steelers, while everyone's looking, going to be looking at what they want to get in the draft, some people want them to make a big splash to answer their quarterback situation. We'll talk about that as well as talking about what defensive positions are going to be most important to the Steelers in the draft and whether or not there's some players on the roster that could kind of answer some of the positions of need who might not be known to Steelers fans. We'll discuss that all here and one of the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host Chris Carter here with Brian Batko, one of our great Steelers beat writers and We're here talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers today on this Friday episode that you can find on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of this show, the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as the daily content that comes out from all of our different sports writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Reminder, the show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today, and you'll see that they have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are local, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. We have more on them later in a bit here. Brian... Um, this is kind of an amalgamation of all the questions that we've been getting really since the Steelers ended their season with the loss to the Bills. And so many people, whether it's fans, whether it's national media, think the Steelers need to have to make a big splash at quarterback. And we've talked about different options. Ray and I talked about Russell Wilson on Wednesday. Justin Fields has been a point of conversation. You know, people thinking, what about Kirk Cousins or trade for this quarterback or that quarterback? And, all the while, it seems like the pushback from us doesn't, you know, people don't understand why we haven't kind of committed to this idea that the Steelers are going to do this just yet. And we're not saying they're not going to, but it just doesn't line up to me with with the actions they've taken to build the roster the way they have, getting an Arthur Smith type of guy, rebuilding the offensive line, looking at the players that they did in the senior bowl to me everything screams they're trying to build up this roster around the quarterback position and just get steady play from there rather than trying to get make the big splash at quarterback and still be dealing with a a roster that doesn't that has a lot of holes in it
1: yeah we're not saying they're not going to you never say never and we're not saying they shouldn't but we don't run the team so we're trying to tell you what to expect from those who do and you're right, Chris, they're they're sort of getting arrows from all angles this week. Peter King uh, called it a colossal misjudgment of the QB situation if they don't make a splash, essentially. Uh, Warren Sharp, what did he say? They're unserious about uh, the, the position or, or winning or what have you. And I think part of the, the divide there between, again, the national media is kind of telling you what they think the Steelers should do. We do that at times, but we also... Or trying to tell you what we think they will do when you cover every team in the league you sort of just look at 32 rosters 32 depth charts 32 quarterback situations and weigh in on that accordingly whereas I think the Steelers you, you've got to look at them organizationally philosophically and, and like I said I'm not saying they aren't going to surprise everybody they've made more aggressive moves in the last Five years than, than a lot of people can remember. Since I've been on mm-hmm. the trading a first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, that's mm-hmm. unheard of, uh, in in modern history for the Steelers. Moving up as, as much as they have and moving around in drafts isn't typical of them. Firing an offensive coordinator midseason certainly is uh, uncharted territory for this franchise. And yet, that kind of, I'm going to use that as a point here to say what I'm saying. Even Matt Canada, as offensive coordinator, got a third season to try to prove his worth and show the Steelers, the ever patient, uh, stable, valuing consistency Steelers, what he could or couldn't do. I know it's a little different, coach versus player. It's not apples to apples, but it does kind of tell you how they think generally, how patient they're willing to be. That's why I just don't think you're going to see them blow up the Kenny Pickett experiment right. soon. Right, I think he at least gets a third, a third year. Maybe not all of it, like Canada. But I think they at least, uh, you know, go into year three with him as their starting quarterback without the kind of QB two who would you know, throw this all into a, a state of chaos, essentially. But you know that is a, a tough line to walk and a, a tough balance to strike because I can also understand those who aren't in Pittsburgh and don't cover or think about the team on a daily basis saying. What is going on here trying to keep pace in this division in the AFC North with this rather uninspiring on paper at least uh grouping of quarterbacks.
0: And, and I get that. Like, you know, you look at you look at the other talent in the in the division, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, um, and, and that there's stuff there. But the Steelers have found ways to beat those teams without these guys. They've won three of the last four against the Bengals, uh, with Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett as their starters. Uh they've won. Burton wasn't of, always in there. Let's Short sure, sure thing. And you know, TJ Watt was was missing for half a year and no one gave the Steelers breaks for that. Uh but also even when Joe Burrow's been been with the Bengals, like they've yeah, gone back did. and forth. It's not like the Bengals have dominated them uh during during those stretches. Um you know, the they've won seven of the last eight against the Ravens. I think they've won what four of the last six against the Browns. I may be mis- making a misstep there, but they've They've done well. They've either hung with or done better than a lot of their, divisions, their division head-to-head. Now, overall season-wise, yeah, the, the Bengals had Joe Burrow for those two years. In two of the four years that they've had him, they've been one of the best teams in the NFL. The Ravens won the division this, this past year. The Steelers haven't won the division since 2020, and there's there, there, there's certainly concerns. and that year, the
1: Browns ran them out of the playoffs on a rail, albeit with a quarterback who. To your blue in the face about whether whether that's good for the long term health oh, of that boy. franchise, but still, yeah,
0: yeah, that would be uh also Baker Mayfield to the Steelers is that another free agent quarterback we should be talking about? We're not even going to get go down that road. But point being is that even with obvious problems on this team, cornerback questions, uh, linebacker questions, uh, offensive line questions. Uh, there's been a lot of issues that have come up and injury concerns. You know, this past year, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Deontay Johnson, all major players who were on injured reserve, and the Steelers still found a way to make the playoffs, even without that stellar quarterback play that people are, are clamoring for. I just think the Steelers and what they're trying to do right now, they're trying to put themselves in the position so that they have the complete roster. When the Chiefs got Patrick Mahomes, they didn't do so because they were the worst team in in in, in all of the NFL. They had the twenty seventh pick of the draft that year. They traded up to the tenth spot because they had a complete roster. They said, "You know what? We like our O line. We like our weapons. We like our defense. Let's go get a quarterback and 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 put it together." And lo and behold, a couple of years after that, they were they they were they were Super Bowl they were Super Bowl champions. Not that that's the ultimate model for how everyone needs to work, but. I think that you take your shot when you can, when you can afford to make to take that shot. I just don't think the Steelers are in a place where even if they get a quarterback that they're taking a big risk on, they still have to fill center, tackle, corner, linebacker, and all these other positions. And that's why I just I'm on the side of I don't think that that splash is coming right now. Maybe next year or the year after, but not right now.
1: Well, they're already kind of doing it ass backwards, right? Because they used the first round pick on a quarterback a couple of years ago when they didn't <laughs> have this roster kind of yeah. set up to just plop a rookie in there and say, okay, now you can be sort of that missing piece. And I get it. There's a lot of factors that go into that. Number one, you know, picking 20th, there's probably go two more decades before you're picking 20th and you get the first quarterback off the board. Right. It says as much about the draft class as it does your decision to do it, but still, that that was something that had to be on their minds. Two, we, you know, we know the familiarity factor with Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people who necessarily thinks – if he went to NC State, they wouldn't have picked him. But I mean, that had to have been and the Steelers have even said, um, you know, their comfort their comfort with knowing him as well as they did uh, helped uh, allow them to make that pick. And you know, just in general at quarterback, it, it's it's been a weird four or five years. I think a lot of reasonable people can agree Ben Roethlisberger probably stayed too long. Mm-hmm. The 2019 injury to him, you know, sapped him of a lot of you know his arm talent and, and ability he still had the smarts and the savvy to to ride it out and help bring them that AFC North title in 2020 that you mentioned when they started 11 and 0. but Mm -hmm. for the long-term view of the franchise, when you start to get into how are you going to strike while the iron's hot with guys like TJ Watt and make Fitzpatrick in their prime and Cam Hayward kind of coming down to the bottom of the hourglass. Well, the timing wasn't great there in terms of the late stage Ben Roethlisberger that you got. So I understand that there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, but I think this does point to why a lot of people in the 2022 draft were saying just because it's the biggest hole on your roster at the moment, does it really make sense to get a quarterback right now? Or should you have maybe a little bit more infrastructure before you try to thread that needle?
0: I'm right with, I'm right with you there. And I don't know if
1: it's time to thread that needle either. You might just have to, like I said, and what I think they're going to do, and maybe even what I would do because i tend to lean toward patience as well and i understand that for these guys running this team it it's it's a business it is an everyday 24 7 thing you have to lie in your bed with the decisions that you make it's not as easy as people on the outside saying all right let's just click kenny from qb1 to qb2 and plug in veteran x and and enroll um, i don't think it's that simple for them with the personal dynamics involved so I think they will go into year three with Pickett, and at that point, I don't know how long the leash would be—four, five, six games, half a year—and then you, you, if, you know, if it doesn't start to trend upward in a big way, then you start thinking about hitting that reset
0: button. I, I, I hear you on that. I think that's the reasonable plan. There, we got more talk here. We're going to look at the defensive players in this draft class, or more specifically, or more specifically what the Steelers could be targeting the most in this draft class, because there's a few different classes that could be really interesting. All that here and more on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, stick with us. We got a lot more to discuss, but first... Want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they have over five hundred different available beers. Three hundred of those beers are from a local area. Eighty of those local beers are available on tap, and they're always switching new ones in and out, so that you get a new experience every single time. You want to try different types of beers? There's no better place to do so than Mike's Beer Bar. But also, they have over twenty televisions, so if you want to go and watch a watch a great sporting event while while you're there. They have it, and they can also re- even reserve television for you for your specific game. No matter how obscure you think that sport is, they will find it and get it on that television. Also, they have great food, like steak on a stone, where you choose your choice cut of steak. It's brought to you on a heated stone, and every time you cut off a piece, you press it into that stone, and you can get your you can get how you know, your piece of steak every single bite. The how just how well done you want it every single time. It's Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh on the North Shore on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today. And when you get there, tell him Chris sent you back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batgo talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers before the combine, Brian. We have our big board, which you guys can check out at post-gazette.com, where we've ranked the top five at several different positions, pretty much all the major positions out there in the NFL. And I want to focus on defense right now. And I think with a lot of people, they're talking about the defense and they're thinking, well, they got to get a corner because they got to find Joey, Joey Porter Jr.'s partner moving forward. But is cornerback the biggest defensive concern right now for the Steelers when you had all the injuries you had at linebacker, you're unsure about the future at defensive line, and you didn't really get great safety play last year. Uh, and that includes Megan Fitzpatrick, who you know I think is certainly still a, a great safety, but maybe he needs more help from the other safeties to be the center fielder that he is, and he doesn't have to try to jump into the strong safety roles that he was uh, this past season. Is there a position that you rank above all else at, on defense as far as they have to get this right in the draft coming up?
1: The interesting thing about this Steelers offseason, and specifically as it pertains to the draft, is I think we can all sort of agree, big picture, the offense is far more of an issue than the defense. But on a more specific personnel level, you you could argue just about every level of the defense has a bigger hole right now than there is on offense because of veterans aging out, contract issues, other than edge rusher. But I think you could make a case for D-line when you look at the, mm-hmm. know, the age and, and lack of production there, coupled with the value traditionally placed on that position. Corner, same deal. Patrick Peterson, I was listening to his uh, podcast the other day, his most recent one, All Things Covered, with his cousin, Bryant McFadden, former Steeler. And he didn't sound like he was it, – it, it didn't seem like a foregone conclusion of like, yeah, I'm gonna be back. We'll we'll see you guys at OTA's. It was like hmm. dealers have to want me back. And you know, I thought that that was interesting, as was him saying, Hey, I'm willing to to play just about any role as long as it's not on the sideline. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You might have to embrace being on the sideline if it comes <laughs> to that. Like, hey, I know you want to play, but if, if that's uh ultimately what they deem to be best for you, that's sort of what the money's for. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens at corner. A lot of moving parts and interchangeable various pieces there, safety, you know, DeMonte Casey, Keanu Neal could see one or both of them not coming back at, at their age and in price point. And then inside linebacker to me is the biggest question mark of all, just because of the rash of bad luck there, right? Cole Holcomb Mm -hmm. going down, not just with a season ending injury, but a really significant one that, is going to have a lengthy timetable, I think, to get back out there. And Quan Alexander with the torn Achilles, and he's you know, he's a free agent too. You might just have to cut your losses with that one. And Elandon Roberts, while a nice find, you know, I think he is still a little bit limited, or at least will, will become more limited uh, as he gets older. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what they do there. I tend to think that shoring up inside linebacker, whether it's with an instant starter or a better backup plan than a Mark Robinson or a, if healthy, Cole Holcomb might be the biggest vacancy on paper. But again, I think you could, you know, compellingly uh, talk about really any other position being where the Steelers need to spend their highest pick on defensively.
0: Yeah. That's the thing is that you could find lots of reasons to add at several of these positions. And and look, I I think you could look at and say, if Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb, you know, work out that you could kind of hold at linebacker. But the Steelers, in every iteration that the Steelers have been a great team, they've had a linebacker leading the way. And I am even mean the last time that they were AFC, real AFC contenders in the mid-2010s because they had Ryan Shazier and he was flying all over the field. He was the key to their defense. And when he got hurt, Mm -hmm. since his injury, they have not won a playoff game. And not that, you know, that's the only factor as to why they haven't won a playoff game in the last seven years, but – he was a big factor in them winning a lot of really important games that Bengals game. They don't win without him when he strips the, when he strips Jeremy Hill at the end of that, that game there. Uh, And, I think you look back to the to the 2000s Steelers. You know, off ball linebackers, guys like James Ferrier, Larry Foot, uh, Lawrence Timmons. They all played major roles for the Steelers uh, in in a lot of those runs. You know, going you know going as far back as the 90s with Levon Kirkland and in the 70s with those guys. Like, there's just so many factors where I think linebacker is an important position. But you have to ask yourself, where do you get that linebacker? Because there's guys I really like in this class, and I mm. I look. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say I was pretty critical of of the Steelers, honestly, and they're playing at linebacker coming out of free agency last year. I, I didn't really think Cole Holcomb, Elandon and Roberts were, were going to move the meter much. And yet, you know, they proved me wrong with the way they were playing. And that's why it is, uh, you know, it's just such an unfortunate turn of events there for Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin and company. And, and obviously those guys themselves that the moves they made, uh, despite, you know, working out uh, on the field were, were undone by injuries. And, and it's not like it was just nagging stuff that kept them off the field. No, it was acute, significant uh, losses that you really can't project or predict. And, you know, the other guy who, of course, became much more a part of the uh, mix there in the playoffs was Miles Jack. And just from talking to him for a story I did on on his hockey ownership last weekend, I, I don't get the sense he's going to be back with the Steelers and, and maybe not yeah. even back in the NFL. He was pretty much called out of the bullpen for those, uh, you know, last couple of months of the season, unexpectedly had to work his way back into shape. So I do occasionally see uh, tweeters or or whoever saying, "What about just bringing back Jack on another one-year deal as a you know insurance policy?" I I, I don't think that's going to happen. Michael Walker, I I don't really know. I thought he got a little bit better as the season went on, but he's been cast off by a couple teams already. So I probably want to try to upgrade over somebody like him as a. At least as a stopgap solution at linebacker.
0: Yeah, I feel I feel you on that, and that, that there needs to be answers there because also like you know you know we've talked about in other in other episodes talking about the need to help make a Fitzpatrick by getting some strong safeties or guys that can help in the box uh you know so that he he doesn't have to be that presence there he can play more center fielding free safety having cover linebackers is another way to do that um and one guy who you mentioned in your mailbag who I really like in the draft is Peyton Wilson out of NC State now I'm not so sure where Peyton Wilson will go anymore I read you know about like a couple weeks ago he was projected as a third or fourth round pick and I'm like that's a steal because I've seen that guy play in the ACC he'd be really good with the Steelers now he's being looked at as potentially maybe a late first round pick to a summer. I haven't seen pick. that. I was going to
1: say maybe second. But to your point, though, Chris, I mean, I I do like this class of, of linebackers. I mean, Peyton Wilson, for sure, from mm-hmm. NC State. He's an older guy with injury history. But you you do just watch his film and you're like, this this guy can go. Older brother played for the Pirates. Was a pitcher. Yeah. For the Pirates for a year and a half. Bryce Wilson. So that would be uh, an interesting Pittsburgh connection. I have to assume he's been here a time or two beyond just playing Pitt. And then Edron Cooper from Texas A&M, uh, bigger guy, flies around the field. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you know Mike Tomlin is, is going to love the NFL bloodlines with him coming out of Clemson. Um, Junior Colson from Michigan, mm. I think there, there's maybe some scarring from Steelers fans when you look at a Michigan inside linebacker. <laughs> but when I watch him and read about him, Chris, it seems like he's sort of everything Devin Bush wasn't. I mean, he's right. got the size. He's like 6'2 or 6'3". 240. He's able to get off blocks. I I wouldn't be too concerned about taking another linebacker from that defense and him not working out. And then the last kind of sleeper name who's been on my radar a little bit lately, James Williams from Miami. Everywhere you look, he's listed as a safety, and that's what he played for the Canes. But he's like 6'5", 220. I wonder if that's a guy that you just say, hey, he's a, a hybrid. We can use him as an inside linebacker if we put some weight on him. He was a big time recruit. I'll be curious to see uh, how he tests at the combine for
0: sure. That certainly would be very interesting because he, his his fellow safety from from Miami, Cameron Kitchens. He's he's an actual safety who yeah, will probably go. Yeah, like he'll he'll go somewhere in the second, third, you know, uh, fourth round at, at the latest. But James Williams, he's being projected as a guy that might go like in the fifth round, and that's kind of where you take those type of project players, where like, hey, if this hits. We look really good for it, but you're not taking a big risk for it. And so a James Williams type is there. I like the idea of getting a linebacker. Now, I'm not saying that like they should take a linebacker in the first round. That value is just very different in today's NFL. Um, and if there's a corner in the first round that could that that looks like you think is CB one or CB two or, or, or basically a CB one A or B with Joey Porter Jr. for the next few years, that's a tough thing to pass up because if the Steelers can find two pillar cornerbacks to kind of base their defense in that could solve a lot of issues moving forward for the next several for the next several years um but if you're looking at you know at at trying to add guys in this uh, on day two of the draft linebacker could be a sneaky play there also wouldn't rule out safety because there's some really good guys there as well i really like tyler newman out of minnesota um i i like some elements of kitchens but i also think that there are plenty of other safeties who could be solid picks later later on Jaden Hicks out of Washington state's another one that I, that I, that I've really come, come to like. Um, but there's a point being, there's a lot of depth in this draft that can address, address multiple positions. And I wouldn't be surprised, even though everyone's talking about offense and center and tackle and on quarterback and all these other things. Don't be surprised if there's quite a few defensive players, the Steelers take a hard look at.
1: Yeah. And the, you know, the inside linebackers, probably nobody worth first round, but you know, Riffing off what you said there about the corners, finding one of those guys for years to come to pair with Joey Porter Jr. It would also be great, obviously, for the Steelers to find an inside linebacker to play in the middle of their defense for years to come to it. So much with the draft, I feel like Chris is, I mean, yes, it's acquiring, evaluating talent, but it's also allocation of resources. And to me, you've got your shutdown number one corner of the future in Joey Porter Jr. Do Do you really need to throw another really high pick at that? When you mm. feel like, hey, we've got the guy who's going to shadow, we can spend a little less, whether it's draft capital or salary cap space
0: on our second quarter. Absolutely. we got But there's, there's also the question of who they still have on their roster who didn't get a lot of chance to play last year or got some chances and might be the future options. We'll talk about those types of players right after this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko, Brian. You look at the Steelers roster right now, and a point that you made recently for us—I forget—you did this on your mailbag or in an article. I think it was a whole article that you wrote—is that the Steelers don't have many late-round picks on their roster right now that are that have stood out for stood out and helped the roster like teams like the Niners and the Chiefs had. Uh, in fact, that was an article because that was that's where I was getting that 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 that, that point from there. Uh, but that's something where the Steelers haven't had as many hits on late. You can look at Jalen Warren, sure. He's an undrafted guy that's worked out as an RB2. But you know, the, the Chiefs have a starting running back in Isaiah Pacheco, who was a seventh rounder. Uh the Niners starting quarterback is the seventh rounder. And not just those guys, but there's guys across several different positions. But the Steelers do have some of those guys on their roster right now. Seventh rounder Corey Trice, a the guy they traded. They got they got in, they got in the middle of this year, who was a fourth-round pick in Darius Rush. Um, there's plenty of options that they've had at you know on, on their roster who are some of those guys that you're looking at that could make a legitimate step up this year in training camp and maybe fill some of those holes that they need to fill in this offseason
1: yeah I mean it's it's really all about guys who can become role players right because you're not going to have big contracts for studs at every single position you're, you're not going to be able to address every spot on your roster in the draft and all of that comes even before the injury bug starts to take its toll so I, I do think the Steelers on the margins, have done a sneakily good job building up some depth for from some forgotten guys, like you just mentioned, who we don't normally talk about. You know, Trice, I don't know if he'll ever be the same after yet another injury, but I know he's been working and, and rehabbing and trying to get on the road to recovery. If, if there's one upside to it, it's that it happened in training camp out of the Trove. So you'd hope that he'll be ready to roll um, by next camp, if not OTAs in, in mini camp. In June, so I, I still want to see what that six-foot-three, two-hundred-something corner can do opposite Joey Porter Jr. I thought he looked pretty good before he went down uh, at St. Vincent College. Rush, another one. He had some lapses at times in the games, but you like the overall makeup and, and physical profile. I, I think if you draft a corner this year in the you know fourth, fifth, sixth round, it's going to be somebody like a Darius Rush in terms of the pedigree, in uh, the size and speed and all that. Sticking with the secondary, you know, Trenton Thompson, he, he sort of faded away at the end of last season, especially once Minka Fitzpatrick came back. He had a stinger. He had some sort of issue with his neck. But, you know, he helped change the you know momentum of the season at one point in Cincinnati with that big interception that he had. So, I mean, that was a proof positive that, that he can make some plays. And I think he'd be exactly the type of safety to sort of put next to Minka Fitzpatrick. And he's a little bit bigger-bodied guy, can play in the box, but he showed the playmaking ability there against the Bengals. And then I look at receivers as well, Chris. They've been adding some guys throughout the years on practice squad and futures deals. Denzel Mims was a second-round yeah. pick of the Jets in 2020. He he really got squeezed out there. I don't know if he didn't live up to expect. I mean, he obviously didn't live – up to expectations but he was somebody in that draft class I remember who was sort of right there in the chase Claypool, brandon Brandon uh LaVisca Chenault second tier of receivers you know really liked him coming out of college and he just faded into oblivion and the Steelers scooped him up at one point for the practice squad and stashed him so does does he have anything left uh in his NFL career to be rejuvenated Des Fitzpatrick's another one who was with them mm-hmm. all last training camp I think he kind of made a late push to to try to make the roster. Obviously that didn't happen, but I know the coaches like him and, and like the way he worked on the scout team and stuff with the practice squad. He's not just some scrub who's, you know, incapable of helping at the NFL level. The Titans used a fourth round pick on him out of Louisville a couple of years ago. So these are names that you just kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're thinking, oh, the Steelers, they need to draft a receiver in the fourth round or higher. They need to draft a corner this year. It's like, Sometimes you get these guys on futures deals who are sort of like an extra draft pick as you use this extra time to evaluate them and see if they can ultimately become contributors. Robert Spillane was a player Mm -hmm. like that in recent years who worked out for the Steelers, as was Matt Filer on the offensive line.
0: Right. And the Steelers need to find answers like that because that's how you fill things in. I mean, it helps. That
1: helps a lot when you get gems like that.
0: Right, because then you don't have to keep spending it so many different positions o- over the years. And, you know, we've talked about this in the offensive line a lot. Like you look back at the 2010s offensive line, the two pillars of that line were first round pick Pouncy and first mm-hmm. round pick DeCastro. But uh, Ramon Foster, undrafted Villanueva, undrafted uh, Kelvin Beachum, seventh round pick. Uh, you know, filer, you know, under you like, you get all those guys that you, that filled on that line because you had these stars around them. And maybe that's to your point about the cornerback position. You don't, maybe you don't need another first or even second round pick to address that spot. If Joy Porter jr. Is that guy, um, you know, it, and, and having those guys there. And sometimes it helps to double down, you know, uh, Alex Highsmith, the third round picks, playing next to you know uh, Alex uh, playing next to T.J. Watton. I, I wouldn't say Highsmith's a role player. He's kind of developed into a go- a really good player for the Steelers. Uh, but you know there there's you need to have places on your roster that you didn't invest a lot into. To have a complete roster in today's NFL, there's too much parity. There's too much, you know, with the draft, with free agency. There's there's too many ways for other teams to amass those talents as well. Um, you need to find need to find your your uh um you know your your hard to find players there. So I Otherwise, think that you, you find can... yourself chasing aging vets like Patrick Peterson, exactly in
1: free agency, and you know trying to to build that way. So if, if the Steelers can kind of get back to uh, unearthing some players who Maybe we're left for dead by other teams, or you know, didn't make the team out of camp in a in a previous uh, summer or preseason. But you know, somebody they want to continue to develop and and do business with, as Mike Tomlin always puts it, development is just as much a part of the uh, you know the, the team building process as player acquisition is.
0: Absolutely, he's Brian Batko. I'm Chris Carter. We've been talking all things Steelers. We'll be back Monday. Uh getting you ready for the Combine as, as we send our team out there to Indianapolis. I'll be with us there covering the Combine. Omar Khan set to speak uh Monday afternoon slash early evening. We'll have all that here on for the for on the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, uh, post-gazette.com for all our written work. Uh the good check out our podcast. Check out your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Check out the North Shore Drive podcast as well as all of the pittsburgh post gazette podcasts that we do here um everyone have a great weekend adam bittner will be with you saturday talking a little bit more pre-draft stuff as well but stay tuned for all the great content from the pittsburgh post gazette thank you for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast from the pittsburgh post gazette if you watch this video on youtube please like the video and subscribe to our channel for all the sports coverage from the post gazette that we have to offer visit post-gazette.com